So tonight is tonight's show is about the 21 nights in London. I believe everybody on the chat um, went to at least one or two. I'm guessing. I mean, we've got Lee here as usual. Hi, my name's Lee, and I went to three of the 21 nights. We've also got Paddy. Hi, Paddy, guitarist from Prince Tribute Band in Dolphin Machine. Um, I had tickets for three, but only got to two, tragically. Uh, more on that later. We've got Leah. Hi, I'm Leah, and I went to one of the shows. I went to the final one of the run. Good show. And Andy. I'm Andy, and I think I went to three, but I feel like Chopin's already going to tell me I went to more, but I think I went to three, and I went to a few of the after shows, and uh, I'd like to introduce Chopin, if you don't already know him. Chopin we, we need, is... We need to do a drum roll for this. I mean, Chopin is the only person on earth who went to more of the 21 uh, nights run than Prince himself. I'm not the only one. Mark Sullivan went as well. There's a few people. There was a few 21 nighters. Okay, you did the whole lot. Yeah, and all the after shows. And all well. the after shows. You are basically <laughs> you are basically Prince at this point. And, and actual and actually with a with a friend huddled around a door listening to a sound check as well. Yeah, you're basically Prince. I mean, you, you lived Prince's life for like two and a half weeks, didn't you? He got to sit down, but he got to sit down for a while between the show and the after show. I think I did a lot more work. Than yeah, right. He had it. He, he had it easy. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he was doing it in heels. Fair enough. <laughs> Does everybody remember what they were and what they? Well, the announcement was made of 21 nights and what they were expecting. I can tell you my story, if that helps. So I was in India and I was at the Youth Commonwealth Games in India. And I was born in 1977, so it would have been my 30th birthday that year. And uh, 21 nights had been announced and I was on my laptop in a hotel in India, panicking, trying to buy these VIP tickets to uh, one of the, I think it was the opening night or the second night, I can't remember, but it was a VIP experience. And I was like, right, it's my 30th birthday. I'm going to go all out and uh, I'm going to do the whole VIP. And the VIP thing, I don't know if you know this show, Pan, um, where you would get on a boat and you did, it was one of the clipper boats mm -hmm. and they had a whole VIP experience. You get on the boat, you have food on the boat, the clipper boat goes all the way to the O2 and then you go in and then you've got like front row seats. So I was in India trying to get online. I'm panicking, panicking, panicking. I'm like, do I really want to spend all this money? And I was like, of course I want to spend all this money. <laughs> I'm treating myself in brackets and I got the tickets and that was it. And I had one hell of an amazing time. I was all on my own. And this is the, 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 the weird part is I didn't know anybody in the community then. And it was like, no one could understand it, if that makes sense. And um, yeah, I was like, right, I'm definitely going and got on the boat and didn't really mingle, but it was all expensive food. It was like couscous and... Mm. All, all, you know, it was full VIP, VIP. 
And I should then, just say, uh, couscous with gold in it, I hope. Couscous isn't yeah. that expensively. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember how much I spent. I just know it was like in my brain the justification of it's my 30th birthday, Prince is Hell in London. Yeah. It's 21 nights, I've got to do it. And, and you got yeah. the programme included, didn't you? The yeah, I got the programme and it was everything. And I was at the corner, I was right by the, the, the V of the symbol. I was right at the front of the V of the symbol wow. where the, the steps were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just remember it just being one of the best nights of my life. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that that was a good VIP experience because I remember at the time there was, as ever with Prince, you know, there was lots of controversy about was this a good deal? Was that a better deal? Is he stinging us here? I'm really, I'm just so genuinely chuffed that you had a great time on that. Package. Yeah, no, it was. I remember it being. It was definitely worth the money that I spent, and it was my treat to myself. And yeah, um, yeah, and it was the first time I tried couscous. And I know what's going to happen now. <laughs> I know what's going to happen now. Every time everyone's going to see me now, is like, oh yeah, you're that guy that had the couscous. Yeah, you're getting a lot of <laughs> presents of bags of couscous for your birthday Cusc- from here. By on the out, way, there's yeah. no sponsorship on this podcast. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> there will be soon yeah exactly um and then the two other nights i went um uh i went with one of my friends and then the other time i went uh with two of my other friends but we were up in the the nosebleeds they were like last minute tickets and stuff and and i did that i, I remember it all three nights that i went to it was amazing i wish i'd gone to more i wish i had the money at the time to do more so but an incredible experience and absolutely loved it. And he blew the roof off every time. So that was my story of me buying tickets in India and couscous. There we go. Fantastic. Paddy, do you remember your, uh, on the, when you heard the announcement? Do you know, I don't particularly No. Um, I remember being very excited and thinking sort of, wow, how lucky are we? And thinking back to, sadly, not that I was there, but some of the, thinking about some of the longer runs that he'd done in the UK, like all the, all the Wembleys for Love Sexy and things like that. Um, but, do you know, I can't remember specifically where I was, no. Um, I think I was just like most people. Um, uh, what Andy said about the VIP stuff, um, similarly, I, I think Prince, because of Prince's focus, and I think the focus of the people around them, they, they focus on doing a thing. And I think sometimes the details as they cascade into reality get lost mm. a bit. And sometimes people get stung or have slightly bad experiences, which I'm sure are not Machiavellian or intended in any way, but mm. it does happen. So I think I was kind of in a little bit of that mindset thinking, well, okay, it's all the way down to London. What can I afford? Um, you know, how many sort of VIP things do I want to attempt, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was very excited um, but again, it, it was one of those things, how much money have I got to spend on this? It was, it was literally that simple. And I think at the time, I, I was fairly limited. So I, I, I got three in the end. Did you go to any after shows as well? No, I didn't. So my, my tragic story around this is, uh, the ones I went to, I went to the opening night, which I was really, really pleased about uh, with my then wife. Um, I went with some friends to then the 1st of September. So I did the two firsts, um, the oh. sort of uh, big, the big, big experience for me about those two nights was I hadn't heard 
Um, let's see. I hadn't heard 1999 for, for that big gap and he started doing it again on that tour. So mm. when I saw that again, it, they played that, I think he opened with it on the September 1st show. That was just like, wow, that was amazing. Um, but, and I can't remember the date I actually had the tickets for the one that I couldn't go to. You, if you, because I had uh, like the little circle good tickets on the in and around yeah. the um, the symbol, like Lee said, uh, and I had tickets for the after show, which was one of the ones he played at. But unfortunately, yeah. Louise, my wife at the time, she she got really, really, really ill on a twenty four hour okay. thing, and I actually struggled to find at such short notice somebody who could just take the tickets and go. And I had a, a friend of mine I used to work with. Um, and, and I, I pinged him on spec and said, look, I've got some tickets. It's like literally, you know, X hours away. If you can get there, I've got two tickets. So he took them and went and, um, uh, I was, I was mega, mega gutted. Uh, but I just couldn't, I, I just sort of couldn't go cause my missus was seriously ill. It was some kind of bizarre 24 hour thing. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the, <laughs> my, my I, I hate that was the best night. He came down and just, you could jam with him. Anyone was jamming with him. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he gave out a lot, a, lot of free, a lot of free instruments that night, some boots. It was great. <laughs> oh, Andy Joan, that's so cruel. That's he was cool. at his hard telecaster as well. <laughs> oh, you... Yeah, it, was, it was just one of those nights. I'm sorry, man. That's how it crumbles. That was brilliant. <laughs> Leah, Leah, what was your experience? Save me from this. <laughs> well, mine's like, I feel even more maybe bizarre. I feel like every ticket story is kind of bizarre. Um, but in 2007, I was 10 years old. Um, I had never seen Prince. I had been grown up kind of on his music. So my dad was a huge fan. Um, but my dad was very much into like the 80s. His CD collection consisted of CDs and records from the 80s. And he kind of, like a lot of fans, um, kind of got a little lost in the 90s. So didn't know too much more than that. And as a result, I didn't at 10 years old. I kind of, I, I knew the 80s and that was it. Um, and I, I vaguely remember them going up on sale. But it, for me, because I was so young, it kind of all got mixed up with the hype of the album coming with the papers and... For me at that age, it kind of all merged into one exciting event. Um, but I remember- life, life, life is one exciting event when you're 10, isn't it? So <laughs> exactly. you don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it was, I remember it being so exciting because I wasn't at 10 years old. I wasn't on social media or anything like that. And I didn't know there was too much of a wider community. And going off what my dad kind of believed at the time, I didn't think I'd ever get to see him, which sounds really bizarre because he's obviously always toured. Um, but that was kind of the impression that I was kind of under. So when the tickets came out, I was absolutely thrilled. Um, but living um, in Birmingham, getting to London, buying the tickets, you know, we weren't particularly well off. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to make it work. Um, thankfully, we did. Um, I managed to get tickets right in the nosebleeds. Lee, you mentioned nosebleed tickets. Yeah. Like, like five from the back. Uh, yeah, it was almost the same, yeah. Yeah, that deep up there. That's the O2, that top of the O2, that was like, it's really steep up there. But, yeah. But you were, you, were, you were still slightly closer to the stage because you were only about half the size of everyone else, Leah. <laughs> that, that's true. Um, but when again, when you're 10, that kind of thing doesn't matter. If I got those tickets like later on, I would have been really annoyed. But when, when I was 10, I was just so happy to be there. Um, 
it, it was incredible. It was my first concert ever. Oh, uh, wow. wow. First time in London. First time to see somebody for your first concert ever. Make wow. it Prince. I mean, really. Wow. I Make know, it Prince right. and be 10 years old. So you, were you with, was, it, was it with your dad you went then, Leah? Yeah, my dad um, and his best friend um, travelled to and from London a lot and he was a Prince fan as well. So we all drove down to London and then got the tube in. Um, I had a little Prince outfit made. <laughs> we made at home a little Kiss outfit um, and our pictures with everyone. They thought it was amazing. A random 10-year-old dressed as Prince. <laughs> um, but it, it was incredible. And I knew the after shows were happening. And if I'm not mistaken, was it the Amy Winehouse night, the last show of the yep. run? Yep, yeah, I, yeah I think that was one um, of the ones I went to, yeah. And I begged and I begged and I begged to go, but we couldn't because we had to get the last tube to oh. get to the car so we could get home. And I remember walking past the Indigo and my dad had to like practically drag me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> like, please. So, 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 sorry, was Amy on the very last night then, was she? Is that the gig yeah. you were at, Leah, the very last night? Yeah. It, oh, yes, I love it. Gave me one. Oh, but sorry, but the so you went to one main gig, yeah, and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that it's like the last night of the main tour, and like you're in pr basically the last seats. So you were just like right on the edge of that tour, but you did it. That's so I, fantastic. I but do you know what the funny thing is? I was even more so on the edge because legally to get in, you had to be 11 or older. Uh, so I was oh, being, really? I was underage. Wow. That's, 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 that's the right way to see Prince, just on the wrong side of the track. I've that's fantastic. Legally. I've only seen him once legally. <laughs> How many times have you seen him? It was the last show at Coco's was the only time I saw him over 18 or of an age that was over the age of the venue. Hilarious. So oh, nice. The only time I saw him over that age. Wow, you finally went straight, Leah. Well done, you. Yes. <laughs> you, you see, a leopard can change its spots, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Criminal Prince fan, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, I'm, this is probably a stupid question. Did you enjoy that first gig you ever saw? Oh, <laughs> sit down. And you know when you're in the nosebleeds at gigs, you get the more chill people that sit down. And even when it's... Yeah. Yeah. So I look like such an oddball. Like, the only person stood up dressed as Prince, like, shaking around. Like, I was raised on the Syracuse Purple Rain gig, so I knew, like, all the dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> and like all these fans around me were gobsmacked when he would come in for like the intro for like Irresistible Bitch or something like that. And I was like, please carry on. And what did your dad, what did your dad think who had like fallen out of the Prince loop for 15 years or more? Um, well, he saw him on the Love Sexy tour. Oh. Yeah. So it was a big difference. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Well, that's that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, did he did he enjoy it? Was he able to have different expectations and enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, I think he knew because he had he hadn't even really seen footage of Prince performing in later years, so it was a uh -huh. shock to them. But I think he was overly impressed. Actually, I think anyone that goes to a Prince show, I think at any point in time, what hits you first is the musicianship. Like it doesn't matter yeah. if he's lips or not that is still what's going to blow your brain. Um, so we still walked away so excited. And I think the fact that I walked away so unbelievably energised that he kind of bounced off that a lot as well. So uh -huh. that, I think he saw that literally he'd just changed my yeah. life with a £31 ticket. <laughs> Fantastic. 
fantastic way of putting it. Incredible. Go on, show Pan, do you want to give us? We've got another hour. <laughs> I say, Andy, what was what was your experience of the Twenty One Nights? Yeah, I mean, thank you, Chopin. We're going to do a whole Twenty One series of episodes for Chopin's experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I was trying to work but, out uh, how we're going to fit it all in. Um, I, I'm going to. I, I, as, as I said, I'm, I'm only with you for another half hour or so, so I'm going to give you my quick rundown of my nights because I, I think I had three. And I think maybe I went to a few after shows. I, I, I skipped some of the main ones and went to a couple of extra after shows, but I had three very different experiences of the main show. I went once at the start, once in the middle, and once on the last night where I hung out with Chopin here. And um, we had, so that was such a nice ending. But I had three really interesting different experiences. The, fir- I, uh, the first night, I took a girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time, who was, God bless her, difficult. She was one of those girlfriends. And um, she, was, she was pretty into Prince, but not, you know, she wasn't crazy. She was pretty into Prince. She liked Prince. And I was like, we're going live. We're going to see him live, and you're not going to believe it. And that first night, we were quite high up. We were mid up. The O2 is not a great venue unless you're in certain places. Or exactly. if, if you're 10 years old, fine, that's fine. <laughs> um, but we, we didn't have great seats. Also, the sound was muddy. Also, Prince was, an, he was a difficult prince that night. I was there with a difficult girlfriend and a difficult prince. And like what was interesting to me was that he didn't, uh, like, he'd set up this 21 night thing where he was going to come and, you know, wow London. But then in typically perverse fashion, and this might not be your recollection, everybody, but like he played quite surly that first night. It was like all the, you know, the casual fan might would turn up and then they're getting stuff like another lover hole in your head, but in with quite a muddy acoustic. And I can't remember a hell of a lot of the other of the rest of the track list, but it wasn't a friendly track list to introduce the um, the run. It was. Go show. I might be going yeah, absolutely it, uh, mad here, but didn't a track list get leaked and he ended up having to switch it at the last minute? Or that That's in my head from somewhere. There was something odd about the set list on the first night. Chopin, were you going to? Well, this wasn't the first night that Andy was here. This was the, uh, third, it was the 3rd of August. And it, uh, right. there was the, you see that video that I put online of join repetition oh. at Circuit? It started yeah. join repetition and it's a really slow start. And that was the night that we were, because I was sat next to Andy and your girlfriend and somebody. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, you got it. I, I thought it was the first night I was there. That's what I was mistaken. No, it was the third night. He'd, he'd done the first one and it was like, wow, the crowd kind of thing. This was his second one and he and he started off slow and, and like creeped into the hits. Okay. He started off, it was like a, join repeti- a long version of join repetition, another lover hole in your head. Pete. Is that the one with the twins oh, and the smoke, and that was the video that they put on the website? That's exactly it, and that's yeah, exactly, exactly. and that was the opening, pretty much the opening of the show. So it was a slow burn in, and but after that, you've done the whole controversy. I feel for you, controversy. I, well, I remember our whole contingent. I'm so sorry, Shucks. I forgot we were there together. I honestly, I had my, I was like trying to control this girl. And, every, uh, <laughs> every night, every night we were there, we ended up together. Uh, that, that's beautiful and romantic. I um, I, I remember. Well, my my my, remem- my feeling from that is that 
it was a difficult set list. He wasn't in a giving mood. And then, uh, just to give you my whole sort of quick narrative through all this, right? That um, that was that was a tough gig, and I felt like I felt like he was very conflicted that night. Then, in the middle of the in the middle of the run, somebody gave me a couple of press tickets that they weren't using. So we had really nice seats in the press enclosure or in that you know that bank of seats. And I took a friend who was really just a very fair weather prince fan knew a few of the hits and i was worried i was like is he gonna have is he gonna feel a bit done by this as well and my god it was chalk and cheese prince came out he started with 1999 and that night the sound was great where we were was great and prince just came out and did i'm gonna get i am just gonna be the least difficult prince i can be i'm gonna give you whoever you are something glorious and colourful and easy. And it was wonderful. And I was so happy that my friend Duncan next to me that night was just like, I want to see somebody who's never been to a Prince concert being blown away. Yeah. And, that's what, and that's what he did that night. So I had a difficult one. I had a, just an absolutely resplendent one. It, I mean, it, was, it, it felt like, you know, how Take Me With You feels. It felt like that from start to finish. It was just like, this is glorious. And yeah. then... And then my sorry. sorry, and then my last night of the main gigs was um, just really lovely because it was just a very relaxed, um, it's, you know, very relaxed. I know what it's all about now. I'm going to hang out with Chopin here. We had really nice mid-level seats. And then my abiding memory of that last night is just what a great way to close the show. But then for the, for the encore, we just looked at each other and we were like, come on, sod it, let's bum rush the stage. <laughs> and, or bum rush the floor anyway. And we, we ran right down into, uh, you know, dodging security guards as we went. And we just parted it up with all the VIP guys for that lot. Sorry, Lee and your couscous contingent. And, we yeah. just, uh, <laughs> we, and it was such a nice way to end the, the, the tour was just like having a boogie, you know, not too far away from the guy. Why is all this Prince fans breaking the law? This is getting ridiculous. You know it, it was the 24th of August, by the way. That, that last one? That second one. The second one. Oh, was it? So, well, did we hang out in the second one as well, Shopes? Well, because we, we, we didn't start sitting together, but we'd kind of seen each other outside, and you said, there's a whole, like, because of some, the placement of the camera, there's a, there's a whole empty road behind me. Oh, and, yeah. and, you, and you were worried that your friend wasn't going to be into it. He said, I, cause so I want you, me, and it was me and Sam. Like, so we were like, okay, well, we know our way around the arena. I can get around there because it was That's on the it. same level. And I was just like kind of darted in and out of security things. And then we was, because it was the night that they, he did start me up by the Rolling Stones. Like, oh, I don't remember that. that. I, I mean, I remember him doing like, he, he even did quite a lot of Raspberry Beret that night. And like, yeah. I, it, it, it was like, he, he made, that night he just made it for the common people. The, yeah. the, the, you know, the fans. It was, it was lovely to see. I don't, you know, I, I appreciate an obscure set list as much as the next guy, believe me. But also to just see that, that in a funny way, that middle night was like, exactly what i wanted from that tour it was yeah. he, he was just it was extraordinarily lucid and light and generous that night mm -hmm. i think this is the thing with prince is the set list doesn't actually tell you how the uh, how the gig was like lots of, lots of times you know you see on forums and stuff people read uh, yeah. this and they go oh it's just a standard show and it was just like well if you read something like hot farm 
that sounded like a, just a standard uh, shot. But it was not. It was one of the biggest regrets of my Prince life is that I decided not to go to Hawk Farm. I don't want to hear anything back from it. Same. I know how good it was. Will hear anything? Will not I, hear anything. I know. I, oh yeah, I, I just realised, Leah, Andy Allo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, farm. Lee, enough is enough. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I mean, I know what I'm missing. I've gone back and watched some of the footage on YouTube and. Oh boy, that was a bad decision <laughs> on my part. Yeah, it was. It was, but you know, like you had the tw- the twenty first of twenty uh, first of September, and that was Leah's first show. So I think there was three of us there at that last night with the uh, there was, and that was the one that was broadcast on Sky. Some of it was broadcast on Sky, and that was a that was a special night. That, that was, was a, a really show. special night, and it's probably and Leah just for, for, it's probably for the best that you didn't go to the after show as a ten year old because it didn't finish until the we we walked out there and the sun was up. It well, was, that's fine because we drove home and I was like too hyped in the car to like contemplate. <laughs> this was By like <laughs> Birmingham. I was still dancing in my kiss outfit at like five a.m. <laughs> Oh, well, in which case, sorry. To say yeah. good one. Uh, can, Someone driving I, past your car going, is that a little girl dressed as, as Prince dancing <laughs> in the back of that car? Yeah. You, I mean, yeah, you're... Somewhere that we won't make. Yeah. <laughs> I am... Um, Chopin, I, uh, you've reminded me of... Well, not... For, this has reminded me of so many things. And one is, like, how much a gig can change just who you're with and where you're... And, like... I, mm. I mean, my memory is terrible. I'm not. Don't take it as an affront that I can't remember when we were there together. And we, that's just my memory. I'm, I'm, I'm old and funky. But um, yeah. I um, But you know, we've had so many great gigs over the years, and like, you know, I, I don't seem to remember any of them, but I value them. <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm actually but, quite glad on the night that you didn't have that good a time. You didn't remember I was there, but on the night <laughs> you remembered I was there. I take that more as a flattering thing. <laughs> Uh, I was like, uh, that, yeah. you didn't remember when uh, there was a bad time? Good. Oh no, I blame it. All, I blame it all on the girl who should go unnamed. Yeah. But um, no, no, I um, But but really, what I'd like to ask you because you know you went to all of them. So just thinking, this sounds like market research. Just thinking about your experience with the main shows. Yeah. Um, uh, because because like the after part, Product the after reviews. shows are a, are a whole other subject. But on the um, just thinking about your experience, w- would you having gone like every night in sequence? Yeah, c- could you draw a kind of um, emotional arc over the twenty one nights of how he was towards the audiences? Today? No, I don't think Prince is ever that predictable. Uh, there was just like. You, there'd be where there'd be nights where it was it was quite clear he was not phoning it in because I don't think Prince ever really phoned it in. I mean, but he wasn't like there was no foot on the gas. And what I will say you could kind of predict was you'd be sat there and you'd be about halfway through the show and you're like, he's gonna play at the after show tonight. Yeah, yeah. Like if the last three songs, you could kind of gauge, you started to kind of gauge that, yeah, this is an after show night. The energy in the room is like, he's not putting that guitar down. I remember distinctly one of them was the 28th of August. And it was one of the rare times that I actually kind of teared up during Purple Rain. Like he was tearing it up on the guitar. Um, and, you know, Purple Rain over tw- over the course of 21 nights 
it becomes a kind of it's always a kind of great experience even as a base level thing but it 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 stops being what you're there for you can go for you can go for a wee at that point can't you if you've done it 18 times already yeah kind of thing i mean i i I was sat in that seat from beginning to end all 21 times but like i i know what you mean it's like it's not like you know like if somebody's going there one time that's the song they're there to hear but after 21 nights, I'm here to see what he sneaks into the piano set or the sampler set or, you know, the uh-huh. little sort of flourishes or whatever. But the 28th of August, I remember he was like, Purple Rain hit me and the guitar hit me and I was just thinking, like, and I was bored. I actually had to sit down. I- like, and somebody was like, oh, you know, you know, like, are you, you know, like, are you okay? And I was like, I am, I'm just in a good place. And it was that, I was like, he's not, you know, he's, he's in love with this guitar tonight. And, and I'd kind of thought nothing more of it, like, but, but was under the distinct thing, tonight's an after show night. It was a midweek. Uh-huh. And we got there and it was the show where it was just guitars, drum and bass. And I can tell you, the next morning after that show, people, all the fr- friends that we had at the show were calling each other going, they're like, it's like, it's going to be like, you know, it's like our personal name, you know, like, you weren't there, man. You don't like, understand how good they are. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, don't, I don't think the, the Vietnam vets were going, you don't understand how good it was, show. But, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't understand how important yeah. it was. Yeah, you have yeah, to be yeah, there yeah. to understand. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not how Yeah. <laughs> It was that couscous was amazing. You had to be there. <laughs> I will say it, it was, was really probably... good, though. It was even better if you were illegal, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although that show was louder than Vietnam. That was, we the ring, wow. the ringing the next morning. It was crazy. It was crazy. So that was the power trio. That was the power um, trio one. And I cannot tell you that people walked out of there looking at each other with like kind of side eye, like, I was standing next to you when this happened, right? And it's like, yeah, we were standing next to each other when it happened. And it was, it was something else. It was really just something else. So that's the only thing I could really say. Um, he had good, he had amazing nights. He had good nights. I, there was no bad nights. There was kind of lower energy nights. Yeah. Or you, so you did, you couldn't. So you you couldn't uh, you couldn't trace up. You couldn't trace like a, a smooth line. It's just he came out in a certain mood every night. Yeah, there was nothing. I, 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 I still, to this day, whenever people talk about like the predicting, you know, what Prince would have wanted and what have you, uh-huh. I, I, I always do the whole thing, uh, the whole thing of like, you know, the energy at the start of the show was different than the end of the show. This was not a guy you could predict like that. True. You know, I, you, you I, might, you have might have a document stating that that was his will. It wouldn't have been his will in the afternoon. Do you know what I mean? Was it, was it play that funky music, White Boy? He put on this tour, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I I always felt like with Prince on this tour, he he wanted to be this showman and this generous giver of light and bright. But also, I felt I, I at points in just just from the stuff I saw, the few, the three nights with their different energies, and I felt different attitudes. I felt yeah. that like that night with another lover, he definitely played played that funky music. And to me, just at the time, I felt like it was he was kind of pissed at how white his audience had become and it was almost a dig but it was you know 
which is maybe reading a lot into it, but I felt like he was not in a happy mood with his audience that night or with himself or something. I actually think, uh, sorry, uh, I, I think it was more to do with actually the sound and the sound system because they... Okay. Sure, he, sure. They actually changed the entire PA uh, after the first weekend. Yeah, so yeah that would make that. sense. He, he definitely wasn't happy with something, but it, it, yeah. felt, it felt like, but because he wasn't happy, it, to me, it, it was an edgy showing. No, so with the, you, could, you could definitely sense the push and pull and, and of do I cater to the, this, this, you know, the Purple Rain and 99 people who are coming once and want to hear those songs and how, and he was definitely aware that there were people coming night after night. Because I remember there was a kind of, there was a, there was a moment in the piano, a uh, solo section on one of the nights where he just started to play um, uh, A Thousand Hugs and Kisses on the piano. And it was kind of like, almost like, you know that bit in X-Men where, you know, he uses the big dome and he can locate every other mutant? Cerebro. <laughs> it was like that where, like, there was like Thank six you, Paddy. <laughs> you could hear, like, six other people go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it was just like it's like you 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 and you you know they, like you could tell who had the bootleg do you know what i mean it was uh -huh. like and he kind of like smiled to himself like i know who's here right i'm taking names here in terms of mechanics if you're gonna do like um 21 nights in a row. So you're looking at, say, 21 two-hour shows. As you've all quite rightly pointed out, you have hardcore fans, you have um, people who have heard Purple Rain Kiss in 1999 type of thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's quite a, a difficult thing to do, which kind of brings me on. The, the thing that sort of... One of the things that stood out to me about this show was this fantastic and in some ways... I won't say awful, but annoying, and I'll come on to that, mm -hmm. um, is the idea of the sampler set. Mm -hmm. this, this, this really blew my mind. The first, I, I, I didn't do it on the first gig. I can't remember which, the first, I think it was about four or five in, he started using the sampler set. And I kind of had mixed feelings about this because I was looking at um, forums as people were tapping out on their phones, literally each song as it came to say, sort of say what the set list was. And you were watching these forums and you're watching, oh my God, what's he going to play tonight? What's he going to play tonight? Cause, because again, because of the nature of the long run, you knew he had to mix it up. You knew he had the catalog. You know <laughs> he has the musicians who are prepped to play 10 million songs at the click of a finger and they know which which click means which song and so on and so forth. So he starts flying the sampler in. So I'm looking at this and I see, before I knew it was a sampler, I see things like, I'm sure, I'm, I'm saying this, it's the first time I, I saw a list, there may be one before, but I saw Erotic City and I'm like, holy shit. And then I saw Darling Nikki, <laughs> holy shit. And then I was like, nasty, what? <laughs> so again, eventually, um, where I, I heard it live and, and sort of heard a few of them by other means and so on and so forth and so forth, which led me to have quite an, a, con, a conflicted view of this. Mm -hmm. Because if I, you know, I, I'm not a religious man. Uh, I respect anybody's, anybody's uh, right to have a faith, something which fills them, makes them feel good, blah, 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 blah. 
Prince is, is no different. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously had this spiritual journey. He was always spiritual. Spiritual, should I say? Spiritual is a brand new word. <laughs> TM, Paddy. Always it sounds spiritual. like a good brand of toothpaste or something. I'd use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> and um, so he's always spiritual. He became more defined later on for a variety of reasons that I'm sure we'll perhaps cover a little bit in other podcasts and so on and so forth. But one of the main things about the direction that that side of his character went in was the fact that he wouldn't play certain songs. So I was listening to these thinking, I don't really want to hear the first few bars of Erotic City and not hear the song. And I don't really want to hear the first few bars of Darling Nikki and not hear the song. Because whilst I appreciate as an artist, he can, he's at liberty to pick and choose what he wants to play and have no issue. But it's like, if you have a genuine issue playing that and you don't feel it represents you anymore, or you have a, a steadfast reason why you will not do that, it sort of felt like a tease in one way is a magnificent little thing for an artist to do with an audience. But that made me slightly, oh man, if you're not going to play it, don't do a few bars because all of a sudden I'm hearing in this brilliant arena sound, boomy, and there's this like back to all intents and purposes, a backing track sample. And it's like, oh my goodness. But, but sort of no climax for want of a better way of putting it. Well, I think it, it, it takes you on, uh, it stops you, whereas before you kind of respected the decision and you kind of understood it and you're like, you could, okay, well, those songs, I know I'm not going to get those songs. But then to tease you, you go from, you go from like kind of respecting the decision to going, oh, I really lament the decision because right now I wish he was that guy. Whereas you don't, like if he's just singing Anastasia or, you know, do me baby or, yeah. or whatever like that doesn't have lyrics that he uh you're just like okay so i i can go without those songs because he's in a good place but now but now you're confronted with just what you're losing uh-huh. in that tease and you're kind of like now i don't yes this it's, a, it's a loss <laughs> i mean again as, as an 80s guy like andy um i these are tracks that are like oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my, and then it's gone um, it, again, I know it, it, it's, it's all opinion, but there are certain tracks that might have been in the set list. And the fact of the matter is, I would much rather have listened to a Rock City head, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, it, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult as a fan without wanting to be a, a bleating patheticism and appreciating that watching Prince, when all said done, is still watching Prince. But, yeah, I thought that was a... Li- mm, yeah. Sort of ill-judged, but Liam, then again, I suppose it'd only be the hardcore fan that would be particularly bothered. But Liam, a strange one. Leah, did you want to come in on that? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to point out that imagine being a ten-year-old raised on that eighties period. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that I, I agree with everything you've said. But for me, I think it's typical Prince with the chalk and cheese. He kind of loves to annoy you as much yeah. as he does to like make you happy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that even as a ten year old, I swore a good few times at him that night. <laughs> well, there's, <laughs> when there's, you, there's... darling Nikki, I, mean, I think he came in that night with Irresistible Bitch, just uh-huh. the, talk, the speaking intro. Yeah. Um, I've said ch- ch- this, but I have a vivid memory that he did. I'm sure he did, um, and I almost had a meltdown. 
Um, but he, he cut it off and I was like really like upset, of course, but at the same time, it almost gave me a little, it almost, the footage you see from back in the day when he was swearing, back in the day when he was teasing the audience with sexual innuendo a lot more and things like that. Although he couldn't do that now because of his religious standing, um, it almost felt like he was going back to that a little bit, just to annoy you a bit, to tease you. It felt yeah. like a little flashback to that. He's doing it, but in a different way. There's, there's a few interesting things going on here because I didn't... I didn't the angle of like whether he will play that song versus that song that wasn't my main focus of the sample set it was like more like um it, it's just not very satisfying <laughs> uh, like regardless of what the songs are it's not that satisfying it's novel it's novel to see prince sitting there blasting out things that you know pre presets that he's got sampled into his keyboard but that quickly wears off i think um like, why should it be? Why should it be that different from when he would play a piano melody, uh, medley rather? Um, when he play a piano medley, but but when when you're watching someone play a piano medley and actually produce that music as they do it and go from say condition of the heart into um, you know adore into wanna be your lover or whatever he used to do on piano, that's a very different proposition from seeing Prince sitting there plonking down on a couple of keys on the other hand it's really novel to see prince just playing karaoke with himself mm. so um and, and like also just the actual quality of the beats like for uh, the one that always killed me was Simon as the times when he did the sample set yeah because like yeah. It's, it is like all you want is to go down there and just bash around on that key yeah. with him a bit so arguably it, it, i think sign and doves were the two that worked because that's yeah. basically what they were anyway it, that's and, right and I, I like, yeah. And like, like in a way, it's quite audacious to just see Prince treating his own like creations, like like you know, just reducing them and showing you that even at a micro, a sort of DNA level, they're just amazing. And like, sign it. I think out of all of them, sign is the one I've got goosebumps just thinking about it. But as as a kind of spectacle in a set, I think what he's really, I think really the only reason it's there is that Prince didn't know how to satisfy everybody with he, he was under the weight of his back catalogue because it's so huge and yeah, he yeah. goes and he goes I'll, yeah. I'll put I'll put 12 songs in for the price of two here but you're like maybe just do the just do two songs that actually kill and then yeah, do and a he's different always, two the next night he'd always use the classic line of I've got so many hits what do you want to hear right. I'm pretty sure he said that one of the nights I, I saw him uh, that it was like well, I've got all these hits I've got so many hits and I've heard that line a couple of times there, I've got more hits than Madonna's got kids uh, <laughs> That was the first night, yeah. <laughs> that was there it. you go. And like, what do you want to hear? Well, like, you know, sometimes the answer is we'd, we'd just like to hear two songs fully. And then the next night, they can have a different two songs. But so, you know, very, very, I think mixed, mixed emotions about that for many different reasons, as you say, Paddy. And one thing about the sampler set, it did endure. It became a staple rather than a, something he did once, which was, which was interesting. And perhaps... Yeah, perhaps more testament to a, a, a an artist who was getting older and was consistently under that cosh of, you Absolutely. know, some of the people, all of the people. Yeah. I know someone in the Prince community that got very, very excited when Nasty Girl played on the sample set. I have yeah. no idea who that is. Oh, it's Lee. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a secret. Yeah. Did you think did you a little bit of couscous was gonna come up? Yeah. <laughs> couscous flying everywhere, it's a nasty girl. <laughs> now there's an image. There's an image to come to it. I hope not a euphemism. <laughs> oh dear. You're a nasty boy, Lee. You're a nasty boy. He was flinging his couscous. <laughs> it was so nasty. <laughs> But okay, that's going in. This is this whole thing's going to be. I, I, I think a whole podcast devoted to couscous is fine by me. It's when you realise when you got to submit the podcast, you're going to have to click on E for explicit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Prince podcast. Yeah, no. Well, oh, I think one time it did actually really fantastically work for him in a non kind of where it didn't seem like it was pandering was the electric ballroom where he just turned it into, he turned the lights down and it became a club. Uh-huh. And it was Prince was the DJ. But yeah, and, you know, like he kind of, and he'd played live before you know, and after, but it was the second show of that night and it was just spectacular. It was just the whole night was something epic. And it turned into like this, you were in, in a dirty club in Camden. Um, I think in the main show's, it it was kind of a teaser thing and i think i think we're slightly colored by being prince obsessives because actually the reception from all of the people that i took yeah. the first timers were just like oh my god he did it he did it like and they were kind of satisfied so yeah yeah that's you know when a stadium you gotta remember we are five people out of seventy thousand, you know out of twenty five thousand. so yeah you know. although although there would have been quite a few thousand out of that twenty five thousand who yeah the, the sixth time they've seen it the eighth time but you, you know you're right i mean it wasn't it wasn't like it was some dreadful failure it was just um no. You know, it wouldn't end up necessarily being anyone's favourite part of the concert if they'd seen it multiple times. And that's... Yeah. But um, I, I, uh, I'm going to push off in one moment, but before I go, there is one song that I would like to give special attention to from this tour. Um, do you know what it is, Shopes? You look like you know what I'm going to say. Uh, no, no, actually I'm not. I mean, it was always great live, but I remember particularly on this tour, every time I saw it, it, oh, controversy. The, it was controversy. It took the show to another Sorry, level. And it was just because... <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> Say again, Leah. About that, I missed that my night. <sighs> my dad made me miss the first song and we walked in just as controversy was ending. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. It was terrible. What can I say? That I remember on the last <laughs> night, it was dreadful. That was the only night, Leah, that it really sucked. It was bad. <laughs> For a start, he did it in French. I've got nothing against it. He did it at a quarter speed. There was yodeling in it. It was terrible. <laughs> Wait, did he do it on the sampler? Because that would make it okay. Yeah, yeah. He did it on the no, it was Bloody brilliant, mate. Sorry. Amy Winehouse came on and sung it. <laughs> no. um, you know, out of all of his songs, that was that, that song in particular is always the song live that really sounded like it could have been released the week before. It was always hard, hard, hard. And like I remember even on that difficult night, that first time I went, that cut through everything. It suddenly brought you bang up to date. It was like it reminded everyone just how jamming it never never failed to smoke 
Except maybe that last night when you missed it, Leo. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the only time it ever sucked. What a, what, what a bummer. It was Controversy, Controversy is a song is a bigger Prince definer than Purple Rain will ever be. In Con- some ways. Controversy is Prince. It's a hard one. It's, it is a hard one. We, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, if you know anything about Prince, that one is always a marker on record and live. It's all, it's, it is, what did you say, a defining song, definitely. I think because lyrically it's more defining of Prince than anything else. Yeah, yeah, it sets it out really pretty much on the nose, but it, it gets away with it, right? If you were going to play, if you were going to play one song, and you said this is what this guy does, Purple Rain or Controversy, I think Controversy, like Purple Rain, is more of an anomaly of what. Well, yeah, but yeah. Controversy I, is like, well, it's got the Minneapolis sound. He's talking about androgyny. He's talking about sex, but he's talking about it in a spiritual way. Oh, hey, I, I, I'm thinking about that guitar, the the rhythm guitar on the 16th. That is print. As soon as that comes in. In the O2 or in a small club or anywhere in between, like whatever the le- whatever the concert's been before, it just goes up. It's an amazing yeah. live track, and like that that was that was where he's like that song. He he would always sound so immediately uh, relevant again in whatever time frame it was played. Yeah, it, ju- it, it just like because it was way ahead of its time. It was proto techno or proto house you know quite a few years before that was yeah, a like, thing like you said though if it if it was released a week before you you would you wouldn't know it's, you wouldn't bat it, an eyelid no exactly like a really amazing song guys it's been lovely i wish i could stay and listen uh, well, and talk but i'll i'll come and listen to this when it's out and i'll hear the rest of your memories it's been really lovely pleasure have- is always ending thank you I just have to say one one thing that I remember about the last night is that I forgot that I got two tickets to the after show, and and I was like, Andy, I've got a ticket for the last after show, and you were like, I can't, I've got a meeting with my publisher about this new book in the morning, like, and I think you made the right decision because you know that worked out quite well for you. But I remember, and I was, I just remember, like, we just had that show, and I was like, come on, come to the after shows, and now I've got to work with publisher. show. So, well, well, I hope it all works out, and I hope it all goes good. Good luck in the morning. And then I went and danced myself stupid. Uh, what a note to leave me on. Yeah. <laughs> and, on and on that bombshell. That's the Great, Chopin. I mean, I love you, boy, but... You've just ruined my <laughs> That's the problem of being friends with an elephant. I always, a sober elephant, I always remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Well, I, I was going to say it's been lovely. No, it has. It's been lovely. Um, I will come and listen to the rest of what you get up to. I hope there's no other revelations about how my life could have been better. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I think that worked out quite well myself. Yeah, yeah. No, true, true. I'm not I'm I'm not unhappy with the way everything went. We had a good we had a good time. I'll leave you to it guys. Look look. Right. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Take care, bud. Bye. I mean it's a long story as to why I just like what I decided to go 21 nights but one of the reasons is like as a musician it was school to me I was I was on a you know like I was for me I was like okay so this is 
So this is how you put something together. This is how you put something. The way that you realize that actually, even though all the songs were moving about, they were moving about in sequence, like as in he had little pockets of structure that he could move into place. So you, if you knew if you were, you were getting I Feel For You, you knew you were getting um, controversy. Like afterwards, you know, you knew kind of that nothing compares to you was coming up after that. But after that little section, you didn't know what was coming up. So you'd be kind of left in these kind of like weird pockets of once you started on that song, you knew you were for, you know, cream. If you knew if you got cream, you were into you got the look. So it was kind of, it became familiar over the time of, how he structured things and it became genius to me. That was the genius of it. It's like, Oh, so you're rehearsing whole sections rather than one song. Then we're rehearsing another song. You're rehearsing it as big sections that you can move around to keep it fresh for yourself. So y- you don't get kind of bored of the arc of the show. And also how they can intertwine each flow, can't they? Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Flow. Hey. The flow. The flow. I think. When people from the 80s are complaining about being having their stuff censored, like, you know, you still got some pretty big hits in the 80s that you still get to hear. We didn't... We didn't Us 90s fans don't get it. Off, sexy motherfucker, pum pum. You know, like, you know, like, there were so many that we were just like, wait a minute, that's all disappeared. Billy Jack bitches, just like, it was gone. <laughs> like, now, gone. Yeah, I think like, we got shush, didn't we? Yeah, we got shush. Um... Uh, what else did we get? He said it, didn't Nothing from Rage. Did he play Gold on that tour at all? No. He didn't play that until like Malahide. All right. Uh, that, was, that was just like lost. That was another song, like a big song that was just lost. We got. Did we get Seven? I remember him teasing Diamonds and Pearls, but not playing it. He yeah. Was, got piano. Cream, Diamonds and Pearls. One night we even got the Morning Papers... Love that song. I'll yeah. be honest, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy though. You can't one way or another, you can't do twenty-one nights at that kind of capacity venue and not not lean on the eighties. Um I mean I, I don't to be to be frank, at times when I was seeing him, uh, even though I'm so sort of an eighties guy, I was up for something rarer, some stuff from the nineties as well. Um but it's like I say it comes back to that eternal uh, eternal battle of, of um, that which you have to play and that which you can choose to play. Well, it wasn't, even just, it wasn't even just the 90s. It's like the early 2000s as well. You know, there's no high. There's no when I lay my hands on you. I, you again, know. One thing I would say, and this is, uh, this is very much just opinion related. I don't know how you feel about this, but I did feel that. So 31 and 21 and Planet Earth for me were were a bit of a of a resurgence um something i said on the last podcast that I, that I really feel about those two albums is there were albums where there were each song was um uh, you know different style of song there was a sign of the times ish about them again yeah. and it, it did it wasn't sonically thematic necessarily you had um you know a rock song you had um, a song that ran off a very dry sample. You had a James Brown song, and so on and so on and so on. And I think that really lent itself to having a bit of power in terms of your last three years of of, of crit sort of um, being out there in the public, the immediacy, the releases. Um, and I think that was good. Stuff like Lolita were banging, 
cold sweat, bang, yeah, um, uh, stuff like that. I, and pla- I mean, I know Planet Earth. I, I, I think I'm one of those people who probably like Planet Earth a little bit more than the majority. I think that's a really good album. I um, adore it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Chelsea Rogers, for heaven's sake. Chelsea Rogers. Prince Pro mil- uh, Post Millennium Disco. I mean, Jesus. Ah! So. Here on Earth as well. I think that's such a beautiful love song. I, it's one that I always go back to. Uh, which very much so. Somewhere so, here on Earth. Okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that was, that, is, that was a great song. Yeah, and that was part of the play. Uh, that was on the set list. Well, wasn't it? Somewhere here on Earth. I'm just double-checking everything. I really love Future Baby and Mama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in the context of the tour, I think he had some new bullets that were actually good songs different flavors for different parts of the set list dynamic different moods he opened a couple with 3121 towards the beginning as well uh, guitar as, say, as well wasn't it guitar guitar <laughs> which is a weird yeah that mm, i have I've mixed feelings about guitar weird but, <gasps> but it was a good live song good live song um so yeah he had some good uh good recent bullets there for that tour which i think helped a lot you know there was definitely there was definitely one of the uh, um, the shows came around the same time as uh, Sparks had done a rich, rich series of shows where they played entire albums, and everybody was like, "Why doesn't Prince do something like that? Why doesn't Prince do something like that?" And I remember one night it was my thirtieth birthday, sixth uh, September, because I'm born the same year as Lee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 77 and it was 6th September it was the after show and he'd done like a kind of like a more jazzy kind of first half went off stage came back with the there's a yellow suit jacket with the hoodie and glasses and there's a picture of it from 21 there's a famous like picture of it from the Indigo Knights book and he came up came on wearing that outfit started playing uh, Planet Earth in the after show, then went from Planet Earth to guitar, then from guitar to somewhere here on Earth, then somewhere here on Earth to one you want to see. And then by the by the time we got to one you want to see, everybody's like, is he doing the whole album? Because it was in sequence. And it was we were all like, is he doing the whole album? And at, and at this point, he hadn't played Chelsea Rogers live. And we were like, I gotta get Chelsea Rogers tonight. I gotta get Chelsea Rogers. It turns out he didn't play the whole album, but then, like, as an encore, and we were like, ah! <laughs> but yeah. an encore, like, Shelby comes out and said, you guys are going to go crazy. And then it starts, boom, 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 And everybody did. They went crazy. Because it was like, it's the first time here, first time he's ever played this song live. And that was one another one of the bonuses of going every night. There were a couple of songs that he played for the first time live in that show. In, in the in, show or uh, the after shows? In, in the shows, after shows, in the whole thing, there were, there, was some show, there were some songs he'd never played live before. There were some songs he'd never played live for years, like Beautiful, Strange, and Around the World in a Day. 99. 99.9, he hadn't played that for years. It was the first time here in Planet, the first time he played Planet Earth live. Um, yeah, there was just loads, because he hadn't really been on a hits tip. Was, so because you went to every night, did that mean you got 21 copies of the album? Yes. <laughs> I've got 20. <laughs> no, because I'm just thinking of, um, I don't know if you remember this, Chopin, Raji's uh, frame. I think because Raji, I'm sure Raji did 21 nights as well. and He had a, 
a frame in his uh, living room with all the tickets. I was just wondering if you had something similar with like 21 copies of the album. That's always been my attention and I kept them and as well as the, like the, there was program, there was tour adverts in like uh, the Metro, like fold out. And I kept a couple of those things and stuff. And I always intended to do a big frame thing. And then I just realized, you know, if I lived alone, I could do something like that. But like... It didn't um, change, not really change the subject, but kind of spinning off. Didn't London Meetup come from 21 Nights? No, 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 no. So, okay. So here's the story of... Here's a little kind of extended story. Yeah, of how I got involved in the London Meetups was because of One Night Alone. And also the reason I went to 21 Nights is because of One Night Alone. So I hadn't seen Prince at all. I'd been a fan since 1992. Hadn't seen him, missed all the tours. I was a poor kid, couldn't, you know, like, couldn't afford. But this was the first time I was working, had a job, um, didn't live at home. So I was a member of the MPG Music Club. So I decided to go two of the three nights of One Night Alone in London. And I went to the first one and the last one, and I missed out October 4th. And he played Anastasia and and Xenophobia at those shows, but not none of the other two. And I was like, I can't even miss a night with this guy. Yeah. I can't even miss a night because, like, he's playing some of my favorites. I mean, he played some of my favorite songs. Don't get me wrong, on the shows he played Empty Room, he, you know, like... I was aghast at some some of the stuff that he played. You know, he played Dolphin, Sign of the Times. Like, you know, I cannot complain. But I missed one night, and I missed Anastasia, and I missed uh, um, Xenophobia. So I was like, the next time he comes to town, I'm going to every show. (laughs) And it turns out everybody on, everybody, like, on our row, you know, it, it was a lively, dancey row. And Lynn, who was one of the founders of the meetup, was on that row, and we kind of connected, and then we... And because I was from London, the and I lived in Hackney, the marquee after show was happening very close to my house. So I was just like, come on over. I know, where, I know the way. I know the way. So we were like dancing. Piper of Prince music. <laughs> exactly. We were on the we were on the tube like oh wing oh, oh like literally from Hammers you know from Hammersmith to Angel Islington. It was the whole way it was like we was doing uh, it ain't over. It ain't over. You know, like switching between that and like one side of the train going, oh, we, oh, oh, and the other side going, it ain't over. So it was a, like a magical journey. And I, it was that night she was like, well, you've got to come. And like a couple of days later, she contacted me on Housequake and she said, are you Chopin from the tube journey to the market? <laughs> the ginger guy. And I was like, I definitely am. Um, and she said, you need to come to the Prince meetups, just meet up with a couple of people. And, and it was about three or four people then. And it was just like, and that was 2003. I, end of 2002, I went to my first one and still... Still, we're still going. Yeah, you know, all these years later. And so when 21 Nights... So I was like, Prince took like a five-year hiatus from 
playing in London. And and then he said, he said, Prince, there was a strong rumor Prince is coming to London after this. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, we're kind of every show. We're kind of every show. Kind of every show. 21 nights. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so it went from it went from I'm going to every show I'm going to every show I'm going to every show I'm taking out another mortgage I'm taking out another mortgage, <laughs> mortgage. it turns out there was a couple of things first of all tickets are cheap great overtime at my work was plentiful great and I was I and the roster clerk owed me a ton of favours great it all lined up I was in a business suite of uh, this of a holiday inn in Connecticut because w- when the tickets went on sale. So I was literally getting up first thing in the morning, running downstairs to the business center and booking my tickets because I you know, was on holiday. The same thing as you, uh, Lee. Yeah. So literally it was the same experience of I was like, right, Got to get them. So I said, what I'll do is I won't get all of the tickets tonight, but I'll get my framework tickets. So I get the, and then they announced it was 21 nights plus after shows. And I was like, fuck, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, shit. Like, I'm not even doing early shift the next work. I like, I'm literally that month work isn't seeing me. I'm a ghost. Anyway. So I think, right, I'll get two tickets for the first show and tickets, uh, first show, two tickets for the f- first after show, two tickets for the last show, two tickets for the last after show, and somewhere Meet in the middle. <laughs> and what I'll do is I'll build my ticket collecting from there. And because, and I ended up getting about like 10 um, individual nights where I was just going on my own, you know, and I, and I built it from there, and I was just thinking, what are the shows he's most likely to play? Get all the buy all the Saturday after shows, first night, last night after show, because I knew the after show was kind of like some nights he won't play. Um, so I got all of those, and by the time the tickets were being presented, printed, and emailed to you, I bought all of them. So like this one glorious day, this deluge of print tickets just popped through the door and it was just like <laughs> just picturing you just like throwing it on the bed and then just like lying on the bed and print tickets <laughs> like rose petals <laughs> yeah, like rose. Oh. <laughs> you've seen american beauty uh, american beauty <laughs> <laughs> oh dear all those nights all those nights all those. It, it, the other thing about it is as well i think it it was kind of um, obviously the, obviously there was there was more um, plenty more after twenty one nights uh, before he left us and all that kind of thing. Uh, but it did feel like a real nice ending for his sort of I don't know his relationship with the UK. Uh, and how he uh, sort of gigged quite a lot here. Specifically, I remember going back when I when I first became aware of Prince. It was the BPI Awards in '84, '85, and I remember you know him coming to get his um, his award, saying three words, thanking God. Chick Huntsbury looked terrifying. Noel Edmonds looked disgusted, and the British press absolutely smashed the shit out of him after that. Then you move along a couple of years, and he comes and with the revolution and demolishes Wembley for three nights for parade. And I think a love affair just started at that point. And the thing is with Prince, I think, I think it's fair to say is, is big European loves 
from sort of interviews and, and knowing how often he played where and what have you. He was obviously big into the Netherlands, um, Netherlands big fan yes. of Paris. Yeah, yeah, big fan of Paris. And of course, London. Uh, and I think the fact that we got the 21 Nights run is really special. And I'm, I'm kind of glad he did it. I'm not so happy I live in West Yorkshire <laughs> with regard to that. But I'm so, glad <laughs> I'm so glad that he, no, he I've always, did that he did it in London. I've always thought he appreciated just the European um, fans and... Netherlands and we, Paris and London and London we could be, I don't know if you remember we became like the backup when the show in Germany I believe I think it's hit and, yeah. yeah and it got cancelled and then he came over to us I think that was a uh, roundhouse show Ben? yes uh, the roundhouse host double the roundhouse shows one and two wasn't it that we got yeah. because there was Lots an issue in Germany and so he always knew that we were here and I well, think, we ten. I think that's again? just the example. We got twenty ten as an album. Yeah. Um, the US didn't have that. <laughs> it was um, Europe, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. Weirdly enough, we didn't get twenty ten as a tour though. The UK. No, no, uh, just the album release. Yeah, I think uh, on balance though, we we we've done sort of very well out of him in that respect, and I think Europe. I, it, it's hard to know how to articulate this because I'm certainly not knocking the Americans in, in the slightest, but I think there is a certain relationship the Europeans have had with his music over the years. Mm. That it's perhaps, uh, hey, it, I don't want to say anything that sounds exclusive because that's not the intention at all. No. Um, no, it's, it's, it, there's, it's funny, it's funny. I re- perhaps what, what weighs it up? This, now, this is a bit tangential, so bear with me. I remember the singer from... Uh, uh, a, a soft sort of heavy metal rock band called I say heavy metal called Poison right and Brett Michaels said he said the thing about the European fans he says when I play in the States he said the American fans sing the chorus like you wouldn't believe he said the British fans sing the chorus and all of the verse and I think that sort of underpins well, a sort of purifier yeah, attitude towards yeah. music and the way that we take it all and we take the oddness as well. Uh, and it's not necessarily um, just hits and zeitgeist. I think once we've had something, we cling onto it and keep investigating. Yeah. Um, I think also if you look at, uh, look at his, his main kind of like affectionate places in Europe, uh, London, Amsterdam, Paris, those were the first three shows he played outside the east the state yeah. Yeah, before yeah. he played canada he didn't play toronto i don't think until it's it's even 1999 or purple rain like i think it was even purple rain was the first canadian shows um i could be wrong there i could be wrong but as send, far as i comment uh, send answers on a postcard please. no you're right yeah no it's purple well, rain it's maple leaf gardens in toronto because that was one of my favorite ever ever purple rain solos but anyway i won't go there yet can i can i um attend uh, that my husband was front row at that show <laughs> and, <laughs> okay i'm just going to i'm not only that down somewhere else for 10 minutes when prince did when prince did the guitar solo with the water coming out it landed all over my husband. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. And oh, welcome to play your Prince, Prince Trump card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I just got shot. That was a critical hit. That was amazing. <laughs> well, there was, like, apparently, the, the things that I didn't know about, it was there were scent bombs going off that he seems to remember. 
that there were scent bombs going on. Like, well, they said that it was the best smelling show. Like, <laughs> you know, with Sheila E. Has the <laughs> Actually, for a minute, saying that I landed on the Mars one and it was the best smelling show is probably not the best. <laughs> Thank oh, <laughs> oh, God we can edit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> edit, edit, edit. That's staying in. No, but like, yeah. To, uh, so the first three places he plays outside of America is you know Amsterdam, pa- Amsterdam, Paris, and London, and he's you know, and they were gigs where he was well received and I think there was something and remember this comes after the Rolling Stones gig. Uh, no no it doesn't correction well, the first one in London was more uh, was, was the Lyceum mind. yeah it was you're into mind, yeah so yeah. I think when so he does that and gets well received it isn't getting that well received outside of the major cities like New York um you know, he then goes on to have the problem with the controversy with the live show with Rolling Stones. And I think he's just, I think, I think he, that stuck with him. Like that he could just do something new in those places. And I think those cities became synonymous with, I can do like New York, like LA, I can do something new there or Chicago and Detroit. You know, I, I know I can go there and, whatever I do, they'll be cool with it. So I think that's why we got the shop. You know, I think that's why... Oh, in Camden. In Camden. I think that's why, you know, he played the parody. So in Holland, you know, I I think that's why he filmed Sign of the Times there. It's just like kind of, he knew that those were places, you know, Paris and Amsterdam were, where he could always go. I think they became the... So I have a question for Paddy. Did you with Twenty One Nights? Did you was there anything that you integrated from any of the shows or what you know or what you saw into when you've done live performances? Uh, just, just the one thing I can think of really. I mean, uh, most of our stuff is um, my, my focus was always the live eighties, unsurprising to everybody. Yeah. Too. But, Those reasons why I was asking. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing compares to you. Actually, um, he does a very, very. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he played it the same every show, but there was a particular recording of it from one of the nights, and the amount of dynamics he throws in with the amount of stops and stabs, uh, it makes it um, so much. It really, really adds some power to something which is powerful in a different way because it's a ballad. But when you actually have a, a more hard-hitting dynamic compared to the sort of gentleness and the vibe of the song, um, so yes, we took that. I remember the very first night we played it at a little place in in um, oh, Bolton, um, and the, the only well, to be honest, the only thing that blew me away more than the band's dynamics was the amazing way that Dale delivered it. It was. I remember the first time we heard that, I was like, "Holy shit, that sounded great! That sounded really great! It was ma- magic." But, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, uh, that one, that's the only thing I didn't, this again, perhaps a little bit of a, of a bone of contention, the, I always had a feel and 
again, I say this in context as a huge Prince fan, particularly a huge live Prince fan. Um, but I always felt that ever since the Vegas shows, there was a tiny, tiny undercurrent of, of sanitization that, that sort of bled into his shows a little bit. Um, I think a lot of that was, so again, self-imposed by all the things we said previously about when you're an artist of that caliber, um, you, you have to satisfy everybody who's there. So it's not just people like us. But it, it always felt a, a, li- a little tiny bit more, more sanitized. And, and even sort of the band, the band were amazing, but I don't think the bands necessarily got stronger. Um, I thought Cora and Josh were great, but I don't know. There started to be something a, a little bit missing after the days of sort of having um, Blackwell and Ronda, etc. I mean, Renato, obviously, he's, he's a monster god of keyboards, no, no denying. Um, some, of the, some of the other stuff was good, though. All the vocalists, um, Shelby, Marva, you had the twins, Dan, it, that, the, the, the big show aspect. And yeah. then it, it did feel more like a Greatest Hits review in that sense. Uh, but a lot of that was, you know, really, really good stuff. Um, I think it was Mike Phillips and, and Maceo did the brunt of, of the gigs, yeah. which is great. Obviously, I'm a Leeds man, always will be. But, um, but yeah, I, that tiny little bit of sort of sanitization crept in. So, I mean, that, I'm not implying in any way that he was limited in what he could do, because of course he wasn't. These are all quality musicians. But, yeah, a, a little edge of that. It was uh, It was very comfortable prince for the family and the 10 year olds obviously and and <laughs> you know I, I, again i'm being a little bit selfish let's be honest i, I, I perhaps i perhaps yes. yearn for the for the um the angry dirty just, guy if you just going back slightly isn't your controversy i feel for you kind of the same or is that just parade or is no 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 that that's it's it is but that that originated on the musicology tour when he did um that version of controversy I feel for you or should I say I feel for you controversy it's that way around that's why I was getting confused and you do I feel for you controversy and then controversy we do the purple rain uh, the parade to a segue into mutiny or love is I yeah yeah but uh yeah yeah I'm glad Leah knows your set list that well (laughs) well if if Leah doesn't nobody does (laughs) (laughs) Uh, on the, with Josh and Cora Dunham, I'll, I'll say this. Um, they might not have been the most dynamic in terms of the main show, but where they really came into their own was the after shows. The after shows. Because I'd, I'd listened, been listening to the Vegas bootlegs and was like, this is cool. This is cool. And listening to like the, the 31, 21 jazz cafe things kind Oh, this is really interesting. I mean, it, you know, and not really kind of because on bootlegs a lot of the time there was no list of who was playing. I was like, oh, maybe there was a guest on that time. And so when that band went into Stratus in the after shows, that was, it lift, you know, that lifted the roof when they did Stratus, the three, you know, and that, particular band arrangement you know Renato uh, Renato was obviously amazing you know 
Morris Hayes was amazing, but it was really well underpinned by Josh and Cora. And I think that's why they came into their own because they, they were more trying to get a player like our, um, Cora, who's quite a light player in terms of Prince's history, to replicate something like a Lindrum is kind of not fair in, in one sense. Because I think the, the pair of them are very nimble and light, punchy kind of players as opposed to, you know, something like Michael Bland or John Blackwell, which are real heavy hitters. And um, they've got real punch to them. But the after shows were musically quite nimble and um that's where i think they came into their own just as an audience member uh i mean you could listen to the bootlegs and maybe disagree but in the in the room it was definitely it was was definitely when they went into their jazz tinge stuff and when they when they could explore the songs like the way that they did around the world today in a beautiful strange I, I mean, I was... Yeah, yeah. Usually, uh, like, I remember that time particularly because usually, um, you know, like when you get emotional, you get teary-eyed and stuff. I remember by the time we got through Around the World in the Day, kind of like an instrument of Paisley Park and into Beautiful Strange, I remember being so emotionally overwhelmed that I couldn't even cry. It was something else. Somebody, you know, it was again. Somebody was like, "Are you okay?" And I'm just, I was just like, "I don't, I can't even answer." And on the last after show, when they did Villanova, like Jimi Hendrix's Villanova Junction, that was always like a favorite of one of the. I, I loved listening to that on one of the kind of Paris bootlegs from like '93, I think it was. Yeah. And I was just like, I'd love to hear Prince play Villanova Junction, and it was. I never thought because it was just such a moment. But then they went into it in the after show and I, you know, I was done. I was done. It was one of those musical moments where I was just like, I, I don't even think like crying, you know, like, you know, like one of those kind of, it's so beautiful, so beautiful. This was, this was like, you know, astral traveling. I was, you know, I left my body, you know, there was, I left part of myself in that room. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was so so good. This is why I went to. This is why I went. When those moments that were just like, this is worth every aching for. This is worth every tired. Oh my god! I can't believe I have to do this again. Like my ankles, my knees, everything aches. But like, because it, it was exhausting. It was re, it was exhausting to try and keep up with, you know that band in that sense because I'm I'm not a sit down and watch I'm a dance uh, you know I'm a dance and scream and shout around even as an audience member but I that's where they came into their own, own and created musical moments that were just stunning and I, I think the main shows really were fair because they were trying and this is I think a crux of all bands say after the new power generation, say 95 era, you know, every band after that 95 band was dispersed, was kind of cursed with having to recreate the sound of another band. And you're kind of judging them, you know, like, oh, they do their own stuff well, but they're not as good as the revolution. But it's kind of like, well, you know, the revolution never had to do Billy Jack bitch. 
as well. So it's kind of not like a fair playing ground in that sense. And I think that when you're dealing with a, a main hit show, um, they're always sort of fall short in some respects. Uh, but it was the after shows, I think, is where you kind of find out where, where the band is at and why he's got those people around yeah. him. I think that, yeah, you, you can get your personality out of type of vibe in an after show, whereas you, you're a little bit more doing a job at a gig gig. No, I, I see what you're saying. Um, and I say, I, I, I want to caveat it with, it was still a fantastic band. I'm not saying anything other than that. But obviously, we've got you know, a lot to compare against uh, and, and a lot to go back over, I suppose. Can be one of the next uh, podcast discussions, band members or favourite band lineups. Yeah. I think in addendum to that, I think that the two the two post ninety six bands that fared really well in terms of reputation were the One Night Alone Band and oh, Third, yeah. and Third Eye Girl, like because they uh, because he wasn't in a hits mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, because he wasn't in a hits mode, like people talk about like the One Night Alone Band, but they don't really include musicology in that realm of great shows, and therein lies the problem of if Prince had never gone through the one night alone phase, like doing shows without hits and doing rainbow children live and just got those people in to do musicology. I don't think their reputations as Prince's band would be as strong because we wouldn't have got to see their personality in the same way that we did with the one night alone shows. Fair argument. Yeah, they were very, very distinct. A very, very distinct period was that, which was very welcome. I have to say, I mean, if I, if I wanted a casual listen, Rainbow Ch- I mean, I love Rainbow Children, um, but it isn't the obvious thing I'd go to first necessarily. But I have to say my favourite live experience with Prince, probably other than the first time I ever saw him, um, was One Night Alone in Manchester. There's no getting away from it because it was just like it, the, whole, the whole vibe. It was smaller. It was personal. And... Um, and again, juxtaposed to the point of everything we're just saying, <laughs> he went off and everybody stamp, 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 and they wouldn't stop stamping. And he did come out, having said at the beginning, you know, I'm not going to play sort of Red Corvette and Purple Rain tonight, I'm doing this, and he played Purple Rain anyway. And it was <laughs> like, oh, go on. It's lovely. But no, no, yeah, yeah, that, that period was extremely special. I think it does play to what you're saying about those musicians um uh, and again probably slightly and slightly unpopular of me i i thought third eye girl was sort of a, another step down for me um i liked what they did i'm a guitarist i love the and, and again the caveat being they were, ace, they were ace but i don't know did you see any of third eye girl shows yeah so two okay which ones were they? Were you the Manchester one? Or were... the, the Manchester one. And the two in Manchester, or was one in Birmingham? I think or did, was, two nights in Birmingham, actually. Was this the second time around when they were doing more hit shows? Or... More hit shows, yeah. Right. It was probably and... slightly better at that point because they brought keyboard players in as well to sort of beef it up a bit for that time. Whereas I preferred the first time around and these two probably have deserve a lot of time to talk no 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 i think they're messaging each other saying oh my god listen to these two go on like saddle no no that's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was um we were talking about the hits and everything and i just remember 
my I know Leah's first gig was Prince. My first gig was Prince, and it was the Gold Experience or the Gold Tour, the Ultimate Tour, uh, in '95. And I remember casual fans going and being disappointed because they didn't know any of the songs because they were, it was promoting uh, the Gold Experience. And I remember it coming up on screen going, release date never. And I remember a lot of casual fans being disappointed. Uh, I'm thoroughly disgusted with myself to say I was to some degree one of those people. And now yeah. I would... I would jump off a cliff to go back and go exactly the same. Second, it was second row in the middle at Sheffield Arena on the Gold Show, and I would give anything to go back and do that again. Yeah, because I remember, I remember it was like I, I was aware of the songs because I'd seen the the specials, the VH1 uh, VH1 specials and stuff like that, and I knew a majority of the songs. But I remember there were so many casual fans going, you know, and they were just they didn't they didn't know the songs. So and then in contrast, Twenty One Nights, it was you know it was the hits, and there was a lot of casual fans there. And it with Twenty One Nights, I think it became a bit of a a thing of oh, oh we're going to see Prince. Have you never seen Prince live? You have to see Prince live. And it became more of a, a water cooler kind of conversation of oh it was an event going on in London that a majority of people were going to, and it became more of a uh, a popularity thing within London of like, oh, there's an opportunity to go see Prince. You have to go see Prince, go see Prince live. So uh, that was the two comparisons that I had of one tour and then another tour of casual fans and non-casual, uh, hardcore fans and each people getting something that they wanted or didn't get what they wanted, if that makes I sense. I can't yeah. tell you how many conversations I've had been in like with just random people when somebody says, oh, this, you know, like, like when you know like first meeting people say like, oh what kind of music are you into i was like oh yeah like you know prince madonna michael jackson and almost immediately most a lot of the time in london they'll just say oh, i saw prince once uh, what are the old when exactly was, yeah when he was doing those 21 nights the thingy did you go and see that like because it was amazing like did you get in did you go and see that and i'm like yeah you open <laughs> your jacket and all the tickets <laughs> dangle out of the jacket <laughs> It's just like <laughs> that reminds me of after um, not long after he passed, somebody who I thought knew me quite well came up to me and said, "Do you know? I watched the program about Prince. Do you know he played? He produced everything. He played all his own. He did blah blah blah." And I think I just looked at him and went, "Go away! <laughs> <laughs> Go away!" Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your attempt, but my grief is quite deep right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is, he, he definitely put his stamp on the actual venue itself because when he passed, there was a they lit it up all purple, and they put the the symbol on all the the screens. And then a couple of days after he passed, there was an event there. At, uh, I think it was the Hollywood Bowl, and uh, there was a big you know Prince. It wasn't really a party, but it was a gathering of Prince fans. And it was it was one of an incredible night and the whole place was lit purple and I think they've even got a plaque there or something now near near the near the thing. And then obviously they had the exhibition there. So he definitely put his stamp on that venue and you know well, he, it, it, he was one of the launch artists for that venue because I think I, I think it was only Scissor Sisters and Bon Jovi that were before him. Uh, that I can remember. There was only a couple of different acts that had been before him to the point that actually people who had been in the upper tier 
like in the in the top upper tier and and sorry Leah this is where you're going to be real angry at me because if you were in the upper tier and you said you had vertigo they would give you a ticket to downstairs <laughs> if you were in the top <laughs> 10 rows because <laughs> the most disappointing that's that's like hearing you've been left out of a will or something that is brutal Chopin I'm sorry but this is what they were doing with the venue they really didn't know and there was wait wait so they didn't see a 10 year old and go do you know what she probably shouldn't be all the way up there <laughs> yeah, yeah. health and safety in brackets <laughs> there were three nights where I could only get t- tickets in the top tier and I only sat in the top tier once because, because and that was because I was with a friend and it was when I was I knew someone that worked there and, and, I, and I was just like, oh, it's really steep up there. And she was like, yeah, yeah, they, if, if you go around there, they'll give you, um, it's a problem with the venue because they, they, now that when they opened, they started advertising, if you have a go, don't sit in these seats. But at the time they hadn't advertised that. So they were, leave, they were actually leaving space downstairs for people to go down. They, uh, and, and, that's so probably- when we go to the O2, it'll be like, oh, yeah, I've got Vertigo. <laughs> so you probably could have got tickets yeah. moved I downstairs. Up- I did end up down there briefly. My dad's like one of those cheeky people who, if if he's got a chance, he'll take it. So we did end up down there for the encore. Okay. A 10-year-old, very overwhelmed. I don't remember kind of how we got down there or how close <laughs> But I do remember distinctly my dad arguing with the security guard because my dad took the opinion of the longer I argue with this security guard, the longer Leah's at the front. So he was arguing for ages. And I just distinctly remember like jaw on the floor. Prince was doing girls and boys. I'm sure it was. And we were um, kind of by the point of the symbol. And my dad was arguing. And the only bit of the conversation I picked up was my dad going, what's your name? I used to do your job. What's your name? And he was like, Tom. And my dad was like, what's your second name? And he was like, Tom. And he goes, oh, your name's Tom Tom, is it? <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I remember in this argument. Somewhere in the audience, someone went, that sounds like a great name for a set now. <laughs> oh, my God, your dad's a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to the manager. <laughs> it was Karen by choice, bless him, because he decided that the longer he stayed and argued, the longer I was down there. The fact uh, that- the fact of the matter is, is like he, that that security guard probably knew that you could get moved downstairs. So, yeah, that was when I got hit on the head with a glow stick, actually, because people were throwing them on the stage, weren't they? Um, but Child to be abuse. honest, I don't know about it, because we ended up going in late. I, I missed um, coming halfway through controversy, as I said, uh, because my dad was flirting with someone outside. Long story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lovely bosom with a symbol sitting in it and then jumped at the chance <laughs> um, so we came in quite late um and i they'd ran out of the glow sticks so i only had a cd and me 10 years old looking at all these glow sticks going i want a glow stick um but I, I didn't get one so i spent the whole show without one and then while i was um down closer while my dad was arguing two glow sticks landed next to me one hit my head bounced off me and i picked it up so i do have two that i found on the floors around me um thankfully (laughs) but i was at the front for a short time so that makes up for it slightly and i'm glad that you got downstairs and especially that girls and boys bit at the end that was great me and andy were like in the middle bit and then we kind of walked 
like when everybody thought that you know the show was over with obviously after 21 nights i was like oh well this is routine for me like everybody's leaving their seats i'm like just going zoom straight in there and just stood by the sampler thing because i knew usually he came back for samplers section but this night he was doing not only the sample section but songs as well he was like really extending extending it out like like he was savoring every moment himself and yeah for that girls and boys thing i was on the floor like i got down the floor so i think you've done what we've done is just like move use everybody going away you know like going to the catch the last tube to kind of yeah, I think that was the basis of my dad's argument originally was the show's over. And he was like, yeah, it is. And he was like, so we can be where we want. The show's over. <laughs> Knowing that my dad was like, he's coming back on. So that was the original yeah. argument. <laughs> I like the plan. It was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was, um, the glow stick thing was interesting as well, because as I remember it, it was a set up by Prince.org that there was going to be like on this is one of those arguments for he reads the fan boards because there was a group of fans like we're going to be we've got like a group of fans are going to wait outside and so we got we got like 50 glow sticks or something come get your glow stick and show that you're a Prince.org member and like the glow stick this like if you give if you want you can give us like a pound or something for the glow stick anyway so they did that but I like I I just was meeting someone else. I was going to do it, but when I walked in, I was just like, wait a minute, they're all handing out glow sticks to this show. And I was like, ah, uh, he's read the message boards for sure, because that's no coincidence. Because it was purple glow sticks, and that's exactly what the guys from, I can't remember if it was Housequake or Prince.org, I think it was Prince.org, that yeah. was, was setting it up um, to like hand them out. What a lovely thought to think that he'd read that and thought, right then. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's lovely. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was definitely reading the message boards, definitely, for sure. It's like, oh, that's a great idea. It's gonna, especially as he's televising it. So that's going to look great on camera. Like, yeah. um, So, got to ask you, Chopin, as the um, official PPUK 21 Nights archivist, specialist, <laughs> professor, uh, master's graduate, type Purple obsessive, guru. obsessive yeah. nerdy geek yeah <laughs> yes so what was if, if you could if there was one moment that particularly sticks with you and i know you've spoken about a couple a couple of emotional moments or so where you went off to a different place and all these things what was the moment in all those hours of awesome awesome prince music I would say, weirdly enough, it, the moment wasn't actually at the show. It's that after every after show, so you go to the show, we'd go to Nando's, and I'd always just have an... We'd go to Nando's that's in inside... We'd hang out at Nando's... Keep saying that name will get sponsorship. That will help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, you go to the main, sh like, so you hang out in one of the bars first. We'd all gather in one of the bars. We go to the main show. Then all of the London meetup crew would go to Nando's. I would just have a frozen yogurt because all I needed was moisture and sugar. Like that's literally all I needed at that point because I've been because I knew what was to come. We'd go to the after show, wait an hour, see if he turned it up. If he didn't, but we'd 
we'd wait until the lights turned on and they'd always hold the last boat. Now, after every single night, there would always be a group of about five, you know, some nights it was five, midweek it was about five or six, you know, weekends it was 20 to 30 of us that we all knew on, on the, on the back of the Thames Clipper speeding through the, speeding through the Thames at about three in the morning, four in the morning singing. And then there'd be kind of a moment where we would just take in what we'd seen. So like actually at the show, it was just a constant assault. It was a constant, like get to the, you know, like what's the next moment. That was amazing. Oh my God. I was blown away. He's still playing. What's the next song? Oh my God. He's doing those lyrics. And uh, I wonder what he'll do next. Do you reckon he'll do this? And it, it wasn't until you were sat down on the back of that boat, speeding through London, like the wind in your hair type thing going, this is like one of those, in novels where they go that halcyon summer do you know what i mean and it was like one of those moments where you were there and you were aware you were creating that summer for your own memories and it was like you were with friends you'd seen something amazing that you and you and even though everybody saw the main shows you were just at these these private shows that were going to be part of history. And you were kind of at that point aware that he's, he wasn't going to be, you know, although you thought he was going to be around forever, you're kind of aware that there will be a time where he's even not around or not doing stuff. You knew you were creating that kind of, that, that movie for your memories type thing. Um, you were creating that. You were creating that um, that piece of film for the, like when your life flashes before your eyes. You know, one of those things is going to be on the back of the Thames Clipper after a print show. Going, we just saw something amazing, and you were aware of it, and you were and you were the people around you were aware of it. And I think that was what was really special because that was something that was happening in your thirties, not your twenty. That was happening something in my happening in my, in my, in my, in my teens. It's a nice sort of parallel with when you're a bit older and you look back at a coming-of-age summer that you know was specifically that time in your life, the planets aligned, yeah. the situation aligned. 21 nights of Prince in London, you live in London, you know, you have a close group of friends. Yeah. You, that's beautiful, man. Absolutely beautiful. I, I, like I've had the, I had those amazing summers when I, when I was a teenager, but I wasn't aware I was having them. I was too caught up in personal dramas, what have you uh, but now i look back on them as those you know the, those amazing times but the, and and i've had you know i've had some since and i will continue to have them but um i know it doesn't seem so at the moment with the current lockdown <laughs> and virus situation yeah. but we'll have those summers again um we'll, we'll we'll be in a we'll be on a dance floor with each other again in the next in the coming months years whatever we'll hope so we'll we'll will. i might even come down to london at some point and oh my God. I, I, I really do need to Having seen that you've yeah, got a gold okay. guitar, having seen your gold guitar, and I work for the railway, I might get a free, cheap ticket up to Leeds. <laughs> hey, mate, you're welcome anytime. Fantastic. Well, um, yeah. So it was just one of those summers where it was just one of those moments where the fog of just adrenaline and loved up just mixed with I love these people around me. I've had the most amazing night, and I know this has got to be special. It was, it's a privilege to be aware of your creating those memories at the time. And I think that was the first time I could really say 
I was aware I was making those memories. So that to me was the most special 21 nights thing. I wish I'd have kind of known that. I knew that this was a huge pinnacle in my life. There was no avoiding that. It was my first time in London, first concert. Like I knew this was a really big deal, but I wish I would have known that it was literally the basis for the rest of my existence. <laughs> it kind of was. Yeah. Like I was in, at that point in time, I was in the room with so many people that, I would now age 23 still be meeting up with and I didn't I didn't know that so yeah. I was that, isn't that isn't that a lovely thought you the, the thought that you would I mean again it's the same for me Leah because I didn't know Shopes then I didn't know Lee then and a bunch of other people who um again I wish I was a bit geographically closer to but it is what it is and 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 the fact that yeah, you were all in the same room having that joined experience and, and the little yeah. sort of uh, tendrils of life loop you in. It's, it's yeah. marvellous. Yeah. It's so crazy just, just to have been age 10 and look down and go, that tiny dot all the way down there, that's Chopin. And when you're 23 years old, you're going to be doing some weird podcast. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about very moment <laughs> or feeling really sorry for that 10 year old girl that you saw being hit by a glow stick going yeah in a couple of years time i'll be doing a do you know the strange <laughs> thing i'm sure so i'm sure I either somebody told me or somebody uh, wrote on the board um like in outrage said well i was i was sat in there when they were thrown down there and they hit this little girl so I'm pretty sure I heard about oh, yeah. wow <laughs> because when you said it I was just like yes. six no degrees way. of the prince community <laughs> although to be quite honest also when you said I'll be a big chested woman with her with a, t- a symbol in her cleavage I was just like well I mean that could yeah we probably know her <laughs> it could have been Lynn <laughs> <laughs> I'd have never have known. The list is endless. It could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'd had a couple of burgers at the time, you know. Oh, yeah. oh is that you? <laughs> and all I keep on thinking is I'm going to have to press on that E on that bloody submission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when you submit it to YouTube, he's like, is this suitable for children? Hmm. Okay, I'll... <laughs> I'll beep up. Do you want me to beep up the swearing? No, it'll be fine. That's fine. I'll make um, a Jehovah's uh, Witness kind of version of the show. Uh, always a pleasure. I'm hoping people are enjoying these podcasts. We're getting great feedback. Thank you for listening. And again, it's just fans chatting for fans and going over things like 21 Nights and all these emotional times and I think it's helping especially during these times as well so I uh, hope you're enjoying it and it's been a pleasure talking to Leah and Paddy and Chopin and Andy um, and I think it's you know it's been a good success and a great chat as always uh, cool yeah thoroughly enjoyed it always do talking about Prince is a great thing um, I love that we, we we tangentialize a little bit now and again um, but ultimately a lot of the time I think that shows the, the community that the that his music brought together and um, the fact that we're all sort of linked in a in a in an in an insubstantial way and a substantial way. And I think that's a brilliant thing. And I love doing these podcasts for that reason. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's been great. It is so much fun to talk about um, this one in particular, something that I've been 
super passionate about just because it brings about so many good memories for me. Um, and I'm definitely going to have to uh, repost some of the pictures and videos I have from that day. <laughs> Go with the podcast, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to send some over um, because, yeah, they're embarrassing, some of them, um, but they're a lot of fun and it's nice to reflect on it. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Um, thank you guys for letting me waffle on because I know that I, you know, I have a lot to say about this time because it was it was just an amazing summer. Just not just because of Prince, because again, like with all the people I was with, all the Prince fans I was with, it was just it was more than just for me at that time. It was more than just concerts. It was connecting with a group of people that to this day, you know, I don't get to see much right now, but. It's one of the one of the real. It's a group of people that I I look forward to seeing on a regular basis again. So it's it's a fantastic time and check out the bootlegs even if you missed it. Send <laughs> <laughs> them to me, Chopin. Or better still, Prince hinted that he was going to release all of them. So why bootleg it when I'm going to release them? And, and I think the estate should do a 21 Nights box set. Oh. Yes.